0: I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be.
2: We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. And Dave, I told you when you met me, we would meet some really awesome people. And every week I keep saying, you can't believe who the next guest will be. And uh, this guy is Awesome! It, I, I'm sure we have you have thousands of questions for him, Dave. So go ahead and introduce him.
1: Well, we're talking about the commander of the International Space Station and form spacewalks, fluent in Russian and French, an avid and artistic photographer with more photos than any other astronaut in space. One of the first feature film videographers, astronauts in space. The IMAX film A, Beautiful Planet." of NASA astronauts as the third most days in continuous in space. We're talking about an astronaut if you haven't figured it out. Um, welcome to
0: the show. Hey, it's good to be here.
2: Yes, Terry, uh, Colonel Terry, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I tell you, as I said, I'm not as skilled as you are. I am um, impressed by uh, <laughs> your, your resume. But Terry, when you were growing up as a kid, did you think that you'd have this kind of resume?
0: You know, I I would have been ecstatic if you would have told me that I would get to do the things I got to do. I mean, when I was a boy growing up, I had pictures of airplanes and galaxies and space and all that kind of stuff was what covered the walls of my room. And it was my dream and passion, but I, you know, I never actually thought it would happen, although I really wanted it to.
1: Yeah, so you were the proverbial boy who always
0: wanted to be an astronaut and it actually came true. That's awesome. Yeah. I, It it actually came true. So I'm super, super lucky for sure. Yeah.
1: So for all those other little boys out there who are, who want to be an astronaut, when did it actually start happening for you? how old were you? When did you say, Oh my God, this is really going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So it started when I was five. And then as I grew up as a teenager, (laughs) I read the right stuff and I was like, all right, that's how you do it. You got to go be a pilot and test pilot. But, I went through my career as an F-16 pilot, and there was one day I was on this walk in Germany, and I said, you know what, I've wanted to be an astronaut my whole life, let's just go for it, and I ended up applying to test pilot school, (laughs) and while I was at Edwards Air Force Base is when I got the call after this really long, you know, year, year and a half process of applying to NASA, Um, I was in my work one day, and and the chief of the astronaut office called, so I was pretty excited (laughs) to say the least.
1: You know, you make it sound so easy. How many astronauts, potential astronauts, try out and don't cut
0: the mustard? Well, so right as I was leaving NASA a couple years ago, one of the last things I did was go through applications. And there were 18,000 applications. Um, Wow. And they only picked, I think it was maybe 12 or 13. Yeah, so. Oh my gosh! The odds were not high, and they never are. I mean, every time there's a class, they get thousands of applications, and they only pick a handful of people.
2: How do they? How do they go to that process? So yeah. So, Sir Colonel Terry, how do they go uh, through that process? What is the? What are they looking for? Is it? Is, is there a checklist? It's all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. When I did it, they used to have this stuff called paper that you had to fill out. It was a real pain, and now they have <laughs> it electronically, but it's still just as painful. But, you know, the people that apply, first of all, are all technical. They're either engineers or scientists or medical doctors. Even the pilots, the military fighter pilots and test pilots, they all have technical engineering degrees or science degrees. So beyond that basic requirement, um, if you're going to be successful, you're going to do well. So you can't just be any old engineer. You have to have done really well. But NASA when they look for astronauts, they're looking for operators. And so it's not a job where you sit around writing equations on blackboards. It's a job where you actually have to do stuff. And if you do it wrong, either it breaks or you die, right? So they want people to have the book knowledge, but more importantly, I think some type of operational skill. Flying, in my mind, is the most important, the best skill to have. Uh, But it's more than just the academic job.
2: No, I mean that wow. that's that's definitely true.
1: And and Colonel Terry, I do apologize for not mentioning your name when I introduced you. I was a little nervous to actually meet a real life astronaut. But what, no, what made you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> what made calm down now? What made you
0: want to go and publicly, you
1: know, really tell your
0: story? So when I was in space I realized that the science we were doing is important. But, you know, not that many people are interested in really specific protein experiments or whatever it was. But the story of spaceflight is really engaging, and millions and millions of people around the world are really interested in that. So I got on Twitter and Instagram and and tried to share the experience, just the adventure that I was on, and so many people were interested. When my my movie, IMAX movie, A Beautiful Planet, came out – we did the world premiere at the air and space museum in DC and the director there at the museum said, you know, a million people are going to see this movie. Like (laughs) that's a pretty, that's a big impact. Now it's going to take years and years for them to see it, but it's still, you know, the, the science is important, but telling the story is even more important. And it's not just the story of spaceships and rockets. When I do my speaking tonight, I'm doing a, a, a talk for national geographic and I love telling the space stuff. I love showing my pictures. But at the end of the day, it's about life on Earth, and it's about people. And I think the most important stories and lessons that I have are about the people down here on the planet, you know, using space as a framework to learn those lessons.
2: Wow, that's- well,
0: It's hard to take pictures yeah. of, of
1: space and not uh, not have that beautiful uh, – were you always a photographer uh, before, or did you just kind of get into it after you became an astronaut?
0: No, no, no. I, am I'm the dad that the kids are like, dad, quit taking pictures. Um, (laughs) the, the, uh, when I was a kid, I got a Konica SLR, you know, the old film camera. And I learned about changing a lens and exposure and aperture shutter speed and focus and all the things that you have to do. I just learned at a young age, always had a camera growing up. Seemed like I always had a camera on my neck whenever I travel and so when I got to NASA, it was just natural. Uh, All astronauts get training, and everybody takes pictures. Some are really into it, and many are not, and I was just happened to be one of the guys that was really into it.
2: Did you think that your film would do do so so well, uh, Colonel Terry? Did you think that was going to go so well, the film? I remember interviewing you when it was launching. Did you think it would have the success that it's had? Yeah,
0: Beautiful Planet. I had no idea. I, I knew the director Tony Myers and the director of photography James Niehaus. They had done all the Space IMAX movies over the last, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. or more. They 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 have quite a body of work. So this was Tony's last film. She retired after it, and I think she saved her best for last. One of the first of all, it's just the best way to experience a space flight without going into space is watching the, Not the beautiful planet. It's, it's really great footage. But um, what makes this one a little bit different than the other ones in the past, we always use film cameras and IMAX film is huge. It's 70 millimeter and it's just a big, giant, bulky thing on Beautiful Planet. The one that I made, we actually use digital cameras for the first time ever. And so that allowed us to use GoPros. And I took a GoPro out of my spacewalk as a Russian GoPro. They lent it to me. I borrowed it and there's a there's a really cool spacewalking uh, montage in the movie. Um, it allowed us to have a GoPro in the Soyuz, so while you're docking and flying around in the spaceship and landing, you can see what's happening.
1: Yeah. What other um, um, latest projects? Yeah. Go ahead. You're cutting in and out, so I don't know when you're finished with there's oh, so I'm know back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, just wondering. Um, you mentioned some projects you're doing. What, what other uh, projects
0: are you doing these days in addition to that? So I'm working on a TV show, getting a television show done, and I've got a new book that I've started writing and doing speaking. You know, these public events for National Geographic are really great. The public really enjoys them. Um, Mm. Also for corporate events and that kind of thing, just sharing the story. So got kind of, and also doing some technical consulting on the side. So I have about 10 different balls. I'm trying to juggle at the same time.
2: Only an astronaut can do that, <laughs> right? Colonel Terry, only an astronaut well, can it's juggle busy, all those things. It's, bit,
0: <laughs> it's, it's busy. That's for sure.
2: Now tell us about the television show. Can you mention anything yet? Is that red? Is that just in development?
0: Well, it's still in development. Um, there's a lot of excitement about it and, uh, you know, the idea is really gelling. The big theme is having seen the Earth from space, now going and visiting places. And there's a lot more details that we're still working out, but um, I think it's going to be really cool. There's a lot of excitement about it.
2: It seems like it for sure. And then sure. that, and then your partnership also with National Geographic, that, mu- that must be an awesome thing as well. When you started and you did this film, would you think that you have all these different uh, projects involving really good... Uh, Uh, Education organizations like National Geographic.
0: Yeah, it's just amazing. I, you know, I'm a National Geographic photographer. That's that's pretty awesome. The book, my book, "You From Above," came out uh, just over a year ago, and it's uh, it's that is another thing. Like of all the all this different stuff, I never thought I'd be making a space photography book for Nat Geo, but it's pretty cool. And the speak the speaking series they have, I never knew about it. But it is—it's uh, a really great series. It really is.
2: Dave, you have a question for Colonel Terry. Hello. All right, well, I'll go to another question. Yeah, you you oh. went away again. Yeah, no good, Dave. No, we, we didn't.
1: Uh, no. Hello. What is going on with? Um, how can we find out how to see this movie and how to? uh be involved in all the stuff you're doing
0: where where do we go for more information Colonel Terry Yeah so Beautiful Planet is an IMAX movie so if if you have like the Air and Space Museum or the Kennedy Space Center or these big science oh, yeah. places that have IMAX it just came out on Blu-ray so if you want if you have Amazon you can get you can get it there oh, Same cool. thing with You from above yeah the Nat Geo book You from above is also available mm-hmm. at you know local booksellers or Amazon um but yep awesome
1: how how long are these In are they about an hour hour and a half 30 minutes
0: yeah the movie is 45 minutes so it's it's documentary style not not full-length feature film with amazing photographs and footage i would assume (laughs) i I, i'm kind of proud of it yeah the, the, the footage is is pretty spectacular. Okay. I can't, I didn't I can't wait the to think. thing. I filmed a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's
2: pretty awesome. And you you talked and about, and you're good. talking about Colonel Terry specifically. All these projects. Is there another dream project that's not happened for you that you want to happen?
0: You know, I, I, I think the mission for what I'm really really the, at the end of the day, the mission of what I'm doing is to try and when I look at what's happening in the world and even in our country, it's I don't like it. it this kind of division that's happening abroad and here, and so I'm hopefully these different projects that I'm doing can bring some unity back to that. So I kind of have a higher purpose. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, I'm using my space flight as the framework to try and improve life on Earth. Awesome Good for you.
2: So Dave has the final question for you, uh, Colonel Terry. So Dave, caregiver Dave, go ahead and ask that question.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Colonel, I've been a caregiver for about 22 years. My wife had a stroke, and she lost her okay. speech, became paralyzed on the right side. After a couple of year grieving period, you know, that was really hell on earth. But uh, she kind of decided that uh, she's still alive. God must have a reason for her. So she reinvented herself. Started doing uh, all the things that she did before, and that isn't easy when you only have one arm and one leg that's usable and no speech. But now she makes well. us normal people look like whiners and complainers, and so. I've I made my mission to go out and help other caregivers who are going through what I went through, made all the mistakes I made and I wanna I wanna help them stay alive because 'cause thirty percent of them actually die before their loved ones do. So with that said, uh tell me about your parents. Are they elderly? Uh or your grandparents? Are are you almost in that situation or in that situation?
0: Yeah, I'm at that phase of life, you know, where parents and aunts and uncles are are not as young as they used to be, but they're all and mm-hmm. thankfully, I'm very lucky. They're all doing well and able to get around. In fact, my mm-hmm. mom and my stepdad just drove up and they're in their 70s and 80s. They just drove up to wow. Philadelphia to watch one of my talks. Um, they were going to they were going to drive down to North Carolina to see me. But uh, my mom got a cold. But, um, yeah, I'm lucky mm-hmm. in that my parents are all in good shape. But th- that this is a phase of life where, you know, the warranty is expired and things things start to happen. <laughs> So I, you know, yeah, that's something that you you're, very so many, you're very so lucky and so many, so many people who we, yeah. we, I am, I am extremely blessed, but you know, we have this extremely long expected lifespan now, which is great. But it, that yeah. comes with challenges that people in the 1800s didn't have to deal with. Right. So yeah. Double-edged sword
1: living too long. Anyway, anyone out there who is struggling and needs help, just go to caregiverdave.com. And I've got a a full functioning website there to support group and we'll help you stay alive. We'll help you stay out of the hospital.
2: All right, Terry and Colonel Terry, we can connect best. Social media is the place to find out all the projects that are going on with you. Right. Would you agree or the website? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But dot com has a lot of uh, a lot of this stuff. Also, I'm at Astro Terry on Twitter and Astro underscore Terry on Instagram. Um, So can I that's it.
2: Hey, well, we appreciate you coming on the show, uh, and uh, thanks for calling. appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks. Good to be here, and we'll talk to you guys later.
2: All right, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show's Caregiver Dave celebrity segment. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Let me tell you about
1: Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day, when he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how GEICO, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance.
0: So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. GEICO presents Eyewitness Interviews with Inanimate Objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event a Chest of Drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so
2: I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams
0: through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call GEICO to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be.